Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Kia ora. Welcome to the Doubt Not, Fear Not podcast. I'm your host, Ora Wirepa. Joining us will have Jacob, and I'll let him introduce himself. How's it, everyone? My name's Jacob Suofilo. I'll be joining Paro on the broadcast today. So I was born in Hawaii. I also spent some time of my life growing up on the east coast of the States. I graduated from BYU in urban or town planning, and I moved to New Zealand about a year and nine months ago. And I'm currently working for the council doing engagement with communities. Our topic today is on mental health and navigating those experiences as members of the church. Uh, sometimes in life, we find that things can be really difficult, either as members of the church or just in general. And so sometimes we find that our faith can hinder us in those aspects of our lives that we think uh, in a sense that stop us from doing the things that we want to do. And they create experiences or stress that could contribute to our mental health throughout our lives. And so as part of this podcast, we're hoping that the points that we make will be able to help us navigate that, especially with um, Jacob and his story and how we can understand through his eyes how he's navigated or continuing to navigate his experiences as a member of the church and his uh, journey in life. So Jacob, would you mind sharing your experiences with mental health with us? Yeah, I can share a little bit about my story. Just to preface this stuff, is my journey with mental health is going to be very different than other, other people's journey with mental health, just because all of us deal with like different things and everything. So I guess a lot of my struggles with mental health kind of came from, um, I hate to sound like blaming everything on my parents, it stemmed from my experiences with my parents growing up and like their divorce kind of impacted me. So what happened is my parents split, and so I grew up a lot with my mom and would visit my, um, my dad every now and then. And so because of that, I kind of started having a complex where I felt that I always had to be the best. Because somewhere along the journey, I kind of decided to blame myself for my parents' divorce. And because of that, I kind of myself where it's like, I was always had that feeling of burden. Mm-hmm. It was a burden on my parents and that I need to be the per- perfect son to repay them back. I couldn't do a lot of this. Um, arts wasn't something that I really got to explore because that really wasn't seen as what a good son did. A good son focused more on sports. A good son focused more on getting good grades, mm. being the top that he could be and everything. And along with that is I grew up with my mom who's white. And so I always had this feeling when I was with like my mom's family or also at school and everything that I was too brown to be white but when I hung out with my dad's family I was too white to be brown and so because of that I kind of started getting like an inferiority complex I feel where I really struggled with who I was and understanding myself and loving myself for that and I realized like I put achieving my parents goals in front of like own personal growth yeah and like even my own social growth I really struggled with that. Even to today, like, I don't know if you ever noticed, like, I struggle a lot with some social, because I'm like, oh, how do I go up and say hi to that person? They seem, like, so cool. 
and everything. <laughs> why would why the heck would they want to talk to me? <laughs> so like, part of whenever we hung out, if you ever notice, I'll probably message you and I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to hang out? That reassurance, yeah. Yeah, like always needing that reassurance. Yeah. And I kind of realized because of that, as I got older, I didn't get to really experience and choose how I want to grow as a person until I got to university, where I was away from my mom and my dad. And so I got to truly like explore what I want to do. I wasn't known as Steven's son, or I wasn't known as Jeannie's son. I was just known as Jacob. And to me, like that part felt very freeing. And during that time, like I really struggled with kind of being on my own, being on my own, and just still trying to achieve what my parents wanted. Mm. I even joined a major, an engineering major, because my parents wanted me to be an engineer. I hate engineering. <laughs> hate the math. And it was during that one of that time that I had a really bad day. Just struggling with like a loneliness, trying to figure out who I was. And heck, I was even just struggling with like, do I even enjoy church? And during one of that time, I um, took a test and I kind of bombed it. And that kind of like self-reflect a lot where it's, I don't enjoy this. Why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through all this pressure just to appease my parents? Who, at the end of the day, they even told me they want what's best for me. But me, like, always feeling like I need to, I was a burden on them. That, because of that, I need to be that perfectionist. Be the best son. And I realized, like, their version, what I felt their version of the best son was, was not really what my full potential was. Yeah, for sure. Question comes to mind is, how did that affect you mentally? Oh, I um, I struggled a lot. Like struggled a lot to fit in. I always felt like people were looking at me, people were judging me. That whatever I did was always going to be wrong. And I truly like I felt that no one would accept me for who I was. And because of that, a lot of the stuff that I enjoy doing, such as like, I love weaving, I like dance. I didn't think that anyone would like me if I actually did those things. And so like just. I just felt very put in a box, in a corner. Yeah, I can see how that would... <laughs> that's lots of pressure. Lots of pressure from your parents, but also from yourself, taking that on you, right? Another question comes to mind is, like, do you still see that you've got to be the perfect son and you have to have all this pressure and you've got to do everything they say, don't, then something's going to happen to you or the world is going to end or something? I actually don't. So near the end of my university, my brothers have told me this before. They told me I really stepped out of my shell when I went to university. And um, I heard I heard a saying that it was, um, hurt people hurt people. And it was after like, a really big argument with my brothers and my parents that I kind of realized it's like, and I, I always wanted to blame them. I realized like I was in the wrong. And I realized like, why am I, why am I fighting? What is this? And it was, um, it was actually when I was like on a few dates with this girl that I realized like I liked her but I didn't really like myself. And so because of that, something needed to change. I could not see myself physically progressing in the gospel without a change of my heart and a change of who I was. And so from there, like, I kind of like box opened. Mm. I wasn't really put in that box. And uh, I felt that I put myself in that own box rather than someone put me in there. And it was nice, it was very freeing. And I realized that it's like, you don't always need to be the most popular. Which, like, beforehand, I thought it was like, oh, the perfect son was the most popular son. I realized, like, nah, 
that's not who I am. As my brothers put it, like a goofy, weird kid who likes hobbies, who has like hobbies and everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. And something that kind of like helped me a lot with that is actually the atonement. Because beforehand, I always thought, like, the other atonement was, um, if I do something wrong, I have to go repent. Mm-hmm. And, like, atonement helps us with repenting. But atonement also helps us with change. And also, and because the atonement is such an individual gift, mm-hmm. yes, the gift was given to everyone, but how the atonement is, is applied in our lives is specifically, purposely for you. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it's from a, um, I watched a Mormon message called Living with Depression. It's like, I don't, I've never been diagnosed with depression. But one of the, but the lady in the video was, and she said something along, she was going to get medicated from a doctor who suggested medication. And the, she was like, nah, I don't, I don't want medication. I believe the savior should just take, take this away. That's how the atonement works. He said, take away my other stuff. And the doctor just kind of got really close and was like, how do you know like not the answer to your prayer? Mm. And I kind of thought God has always been there for me. Even while I was in that box that I put myself, he was there for me. And I don't really know what he has in store for me. But I know that if I follow it, and if I follow the gospel, and also being true to who I am, and loving myself for all the bits and pieces, no matter how broken I may think I am, because he made me how I was. And because he made me how I was, I need to... I can't doubt that he made me how he wanted to make me. And I can progress with that. And so I kind of, I call myself more as a, um, instead of being very reactive, I saw myself being more active in choices in my life and getting to do what I wanted to do. And so I guess like, long story short, I saw myself more as a child of God. And I saw myself more as a participant in God's plan rather than someone that was dragged along in God's plan. Sure. For yourself, as you were saying, you're made the way that God want, wants the, you to be made. And you've talked a lot about your family, the environment that you grew up in. How have you been able to move forward from past that you've had with your family? Have you been able to either reconcile with them or reconcile yourself with whatever's happened in your life? Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm actually on really good terms with all my family members. I've also stopped blaming myself for like parents' relationship because mm-hmm. something that Someone told me here that I really quite enjoyed it. It's like, it was just the phrase, stay in your lane. And I thought about it and I was like, their relationship is their relationship. Just as such as like, my relationship with Heavenly Father is my relationship. My relationship with my mom is my relationship with my mom. And so I, I started like taking more a hold of those relationships and kind of finding them how I wanted to find them. Mm-hmm. I started being more active and yes, we still have our struggles with each other, like, like any family. Mm-hmm. But I found that as I moved away from what I thought from that perfect son mentality and that like perfectionist which really gave me heaps of anxiety mm. and there was days I couldn't even I didn't even want to get out of bed because I didn't want to face what the world had for me mm. and what what I believed their plan for me was as I moved forward I kind of found out who I really was as a child of God and I found that like I just focused on God's love because I learned it doesn't change God's love is constant and instead of looking at validation from others, I decided to seek that love from God more. Another question comes to mind too, is do you still feel that way or what's made you change your mind about things? I don't see myself that way anymore. During that time, I didn't really have hope for the future. I didn't really have like joy. 
but after that mm. a really trialing day that I don't want to go into mm. I feel like something needs to change I can't sit here I don't want to sit here in this sadness I don't want to sit here believing that I shouldn't be alive and I didn't know what to do mm. until so, like, I had a friend reach out to me and we talked a lot we talked for like a few hours and I just kind of was like this is my life this isn't someone else's life this is my life and as such like why am I being very passive in my life instead of shaping my own life? And so I broke out of that, like that box thing, like I put myself out of it. And I started like doing stuff that I really enjoy. I started like joining a dance group. I suck at dancing, but I love it. <laughs> I started weaving with my sisters. I started like, I started biking. There's all these activities that I never really imagined myself ever doing. Cause at that time, I didn't really see the future for me. I could only focus on like day to day, but now, I have all these plans. I have like these grand things I want to achieve. I have all these goals. It was just that like really long talk after a very tiring like, day that really helped me like change my mentality. And just having someone there who he didn't try to fix me because there's nothing to fix. Mm. It's not how it works. He just wanted to listen and to be a friend. And so that kind of help has helped shape my mentality with a lot of stuff with mental health. Where it's like, we all don't wear our our issues on our sleeve. We all physically present with the trials we're going through. And I realized like there's real power in just like asking someone, are you okay? Do you want to hang out? Do you want to grab a feed? And everything. And I found that like, as I started putting myself out there and serving others, that I've been able to really discover who I am as a child of God, but also as Jacob, who is that weird awkward kid from the states who lives here now <laughs> but it's like i don't feel shame in that because it's it's who i am and if i've realized like if you don't like that then that's your problem the most important thing is my relationship with heavenly father you don't get to affect my relationship with heavenly father and you don't someone doesn't get to tell me how how to live my life similar to how i can't tell you how to live your life i can be there to support you and i can be there to be your friend but at the end of the day, it all comes down to your own personal relationship. And that's kind of what I've leaned back on. And I use that to kind of guide myself. Yeah, I can see how you, where you're coming from. You know. Ultimately, the decisions you made, the outcomes was positive because your faith in Jesus Christ and the gospel have helped you to push you on that path that leads you overcome the things that you think. As a support, might not necessarily be just because of being a member of the church or being a believer in God is why you've overcome it because obviously your own fortitude would have helped you with that too. But together? I don't really know if I could say I had faith at that time in Jesus Christ completely, but I knew something had to be better than what I was doing. And because of that, it led me to try. I don't think I fully believed in Jesus Christ at that time or I fully believed that he would help me. But I needed to try. Mm. I needed to do something because I couldn't stay there. Another, I truly don't think I, w I could have like survived mm. university if I just stayed in that mentality with those issues. For sure. And from your story and from what you're sharing, how have you continued to come from the bottom and started to go back up? How did you do that? How have you navigated that? the dip and then you come back? I think, like, I'd say short-term-wise, I kind of put myself more into service opportunities. So it's like, I can think back to, like, I signed up for a club that 
would go play and interact with kids in a hospital. In a, um, was it? A neurodivergent hospital. And I just played dodgeball with them. <laughs> and it's like, it may seem really silly and everything, but through doing that, I found myself just like putting myself out there. It wasn't something that I, I did before, but it's like, I found through seeing the joy that others got just through like simple interactions helped me realize the blessings that I had too. Where it's like, I also got joy from these simple interactions. And it made me start then looking forward to the week. Looking forward to like these little things. And long term, like start continue growing. I've started like, I have a big testimony about goals and aspirations and just like things you want to achieve in this life. Where this life is like meant for a time for us to explore, to try stuff, to like the best that we can be. And we don't even know what that is, that we want to be the best in. But I found myself like in goals to like what I want to achieve. And even to this day, like, I have goals two years down the line, three years down the line, five years down the line that I just want to do. And I say that helps keep me going. That helps me fall into that loneliness. And so that's why like I really feel that callings in church also really help with this. Because I think back to a time I did not mentally think I was in a good space or in a good space to enjoy church for a while. And so like randomly got called to be a ward greeter. And I was like, Jacob, you're gonna say no. You're gonna go up there, you're gonna go bishop and be like, nah, I'm not gonna be the word greeter. But I found myself saying yes. It's like really nervous meeting people, being I was getting myself anxious. Like, what if these people think I'm weird? What if these people don't wanna say hi to me? But I found like I quite enjoyed it being able to say hi to them and like say their names. We had a girl who she only signed American Sign Language. And so like, I found quite joy in learning how to sign that hello to her. Mm. Or it's like a friend from Africa, Nigeria. And I got to learn how to say hello in his native language. And I just found it like oh, interesting that I found myself being able to deal with some of the struggles I go through, through interacting and having responsibilities and looking forward to stuff in the future. Mm. It's like, I don't think I truly, I could have grown if I just stayed home, but that's me. And I know if you ever see my schedule and you now realize why I'm always busy, because it's like, I enjoy those interactions because those interactions help me look forward to the future. No, for sure. As much as the church is a church of doctrine, it's definitely a church of sociality and us being together as one. The scriptures talk about that. We need to meet, meet together after fast and pray and speak one with another. And so that's the important part. I'm not just in church-wise, but in general. Isolating ourselves from society might make us feel better in the short term but can be detrimental for the long term would you say that's would you say that's correct oh 100 percent like something that i know not everyone believes like agrees with this but something that i we learned in uni for um, town planning was like humans are social creatures like we are social beings and because like it just makes to me that it makes sense why we come together for church why we come together for all these activities and like for me also like finding joy in interacting with others. Yeah, and I think sometimes one of the hardest things can be for those people that do struggle with um, with mental health or with, with um, feeling that they can't fit in is understanding. And so it's seeking understanding. So as you've gone through your journey, how have you sought for understanding for others in the same position that you feel that you were in? You always hear the saying, it's like, walk a mile in my shoes. But I truly don't think no one can because all of our experiences are very different. But someone can help. That doesn't mean someone can help 
to try to understand what our experiences are. And they might not 100% understand, but I find that, and it's okay if they don't understand. It's okay if they don't see where I'm coming from in this experience. But I find that like, as I communicate, maybe stuff that I don't feel comfortable with mm. because of like some of these issues, that it's okay. You don't have to understand thing. And like friends don't have to 100% understand you. But that doesn't mean they can't. Like Just because they don't understand you doesn't mean they can't support you. You can support someone even mm. if you may not understand fully what they're going through. For sure. Seeking support and understanding can be some of the things that we pursue for life. My question also comes to mind too. How have you seen your faith going forward with your goals in mental health? I think through these experiences with mental health, I gained a really big testimony in Heavenly Father's plan because I believe that He has a plan for us. And that plan is something that we may not understand now, but He has our best interests for us. And no one else can take that plan away from us. I had a plan for my life for... I was going to stay in the States. I was going to work on a farm. Yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> now, like, I can never see myself working on a farm, living in the, the middle of nowhere. And it's, I know that God's plan is scary sometimes because we don't understand. Or it's like, asking us to do things that we might not normally feel comfortable doing. But I gain testimony that as we go through these trials and as we try to follow God's plan, that we'll be able to experience blessings and change that we need for ourselves, as well as others may need help with. I found that some of the experiences that I have, I've had friends come to me with similar stories that um, I can help, I could try relate to. And I was able to just share some insights from my thing and that helped them. And similar to how I've met people along my journey who are able to share some insights to me and that I've looked up to and be able to change. So I truly believe that God has a plan for us and that he loves us and that love for us will never change. I think there's always hope. Hope is always there. It's hard to see sometimes and it's hard to understand, but it's always there as we continue to look forward. For sure. Sometimes it takes the most faith in the dark running towards the light that you can't see as the times where it really makes or breaks you. It's not when you can see the light because that's necessarily the most hope. It's when the light is either a dot or a speck or you just have a belief that you are going the right way or know that you've faced that right way. And I'm grateful for Jacob for sharing his experiences without his journey with mental health, journey with his life. Just want to cut in real quick, Prado. <laughs> I just recognize that no journey's ever finished. It's not a one and done thing. It's an always ever growing journey that each of us are here on this earth experiencing. Yeah, for sure. We're not running a race against one another. We're running a race together with one another back to live with our Heavenly Father. And so don't feel afraid or ever feel alone or try not to just reach out for help from those around you, for those that you feel the most comfortable with, because more often than not, they're probably praying for you. They're probably hoping that you'll ask for help or be able to support you because we're all going through things and we're all seeking for help and so once again thank you jacob for coming thank you for joining in the podcast with us and we're grateful for your time and kakite uh, bye everyone bye doubt not fear not podcast series has been produced out of the auckland institute building with contributions from young adults across new zealand 
If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend to direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series or to enroll in the institute class associated with the podcast. See our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the church.